Story twenty of Christmas Stories by Charles Dickens. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Story twenty No Thoroughfare Part seven seeking under the surface for the answer to that question and remembering that obenreizer was a man of about his own age also that marguerite was strictly speaking his half-niece only vendale asked himself with a lover's ready jealousy whether he had a rival to fear as well as a guardian to conciliate the thought just crossed his mind and no more the sense of marguerite's kiss still lingering on his cheek reminded him gently that even the jealousy of a moment was now a treason to her on reflection it seemed most likely that a personal motive of another kind might suggest the true explanation of obenreizer's conduct marguerite's grace and beauty were precious ornaments in that little household they gave it a special social attraction and a special social importance they armed obenreizer with a certain influence in reserve which he could always depend upon to make his house attractive and which he might always bring more or less to bear on the forwarding of his own private ends was he the sort of man to resign such advantages as were here implied without obtaining the fullest possible compensation for the loss a connection by marriage with vendale offered him solid advantages beyond all doubt but there were hundreds of men in london with far greater power and far wider influence than vendale possessed was it possible that this man's ambition secretly looked higher than the highest prospects that could be offered to him by the alliance now proposed for his niece as the question passed through vendale's mind the man himself reappeared to answer it or not to answer it as the event might prove a marked change was visible in obenreizer when he resumed his place his manner was less assured and there were plain traces about his mouth of recent agitation which had not been successfully composed had he said something referring either to vendale or to himself which had raised marguerite's spirit and which had placed him for the first time face to face with a resolute assertion of his niece's will it might or might not be this only was certain he looked like a man who had met with a repulse i have spoken to my niece he began i find mr vendale that even your influence has not entirely blinded her to the social objections to your proposal may i ask returned vendale if that is the only result of your interview with miss obenreizer a momentary flash leapt out through the obenreizer film you are master of the situation he answered in a tone of sardonic submission if you insist on my admitting it i do admit it in those words my niece's will and mine used to be one mr vendale you have come between us and her will is now yours in my country we know when we are beaten and we submit with our best grace i submit with my best grace on certain conditions let us revert to the statement of your pecuniary position i have an objection to you my dear sir a most amazing a most audacious objection from a man in my position to a man in yours what is it you have honoured me by making a proposal for my niece's hand for the present with best thanks and respects i beg to decline it why because you are not rich enough the objection as the speaker had foreseen took vendale completely by surprise 
For the moment he was speechless. "'Your income is fifteen hundred a year,' pursued Obenreizer. "'In my miserable country I should fall on my knees before your income and say, "'What a princely fortune!' "'In wealthy England I sit as I am and say, "'A modest independence, dear sir, nothing more. "'Enough, perhaps, for a wife in your own rank of life "'who has no social prejudices to conquer.' not more than half enough for a wife who is a meanly born foreigner and who has all your social prejudices against her sir if my niece is ever to marry you she will have what you call uphill work of it in taking her place at starting yes yes this is not your view but it remains immovably remains my view for all that for my niece's sake i claim that this uphill work shall be made as smooth as possible whatever material advantages she can have to help her ought in common justice to be hers now tell me mr vendale on your fifteen hundred a year can your wife have a house in a fashionable quarter a footman to open her door a butler to wait at her table and a carriage and horses to drive about in i see the answer in your face your face says no very good tell me one more thing and i have done take the mass of your educated accomplished and lovely countrywomen is it or is it not the fact that a lady who has a house in a fashionable quarter a footman to open her door a butler to wait at her table and a carriage and horses to drive about in is a lady who has gained four steps in female estimation at starting yes or no come to the point said vendale you view this question as a question of terms what are your terms the lowest terms dear sir on which you can provide your wife with those four steps at starting double your present income the most rigid economy cannot do it in england on less you said just now that you expected greatly to increase the value of your business to work and increase it i am a good devil after all on the day when you satisfy me by plain proofs that your income has risen to three thousand a year ask me for my niece's hand and it is yours may i inquire if you have mentioned this arrangement to miss obenreizer certainly she has a last little morsel of regard still left for me mr vendale which is not yours yet and she accepts my terms in other words she submits to be guided by her guardian's regard for her welfare and by her guardian's superior knowledge of the world he threw himself back in his chair in firm reliance on his position and in full possession of his excellent temper any open assertion of his own interest in the situation in which vendale was now placed seemed to be for the present at least hopeless he found himself literally left with no ground to stand on whether obenreizer's objections were the genuine product of obenreizer's own view of the case or whether he was simply delaying the marriage in the hope of ultimately breaking it off altogether in either of these events any present resistance on vendale's part would be equally useless there was no help for it but to yield making the best terms that he could on his own side i protest against the conditions you impose on me he began naturally said obenreizer i dare say i should protest myself in your place say however pursued vendale that i accept your terms in that case i must be permitted to make two stipulations on my part 
in the first place i shall expect to be allowed to see your niece aha to see my niece and to make her in as great a hurry to be married as you are yourself suppose i say no you would see her perhaps without my permission decidedly how delightfully frank how exquisitely english you shall see her mr vendale on certain days which we will appoint together what next your objection to my income proceeded vendale has taken me completely by surprise i wish to be assured against any repetition of that surprise your present views of my qualification for marriage require me to have an income of three thousand a year can i be certain in the future as your experience of england enlarges that your estimate will rise no higher in plain english said obenreizer you doubt my word do you purpose to take my word for it when i inform you that i have doubled my income said vendale if my memory does not deceive me you stipulated a minute since for plain proofs well played mr vendale you combine the foreign quickness with the english solidity accept my best congratulations accept also my written guarantee he rose seated himself at a writing-desk at a side-table wrote a few lines and presented them to vendale with a low bow the engagement was perfectly explicit and was signed and dated with scrupulous care are you satisfied with your guarantee i am satisfied charmed to hear it i am sure we have had our little skirmish we have really been wonderfully clever on both sides for the present our affairs are settled i bear no malice you bear no malice come mr vendale a good english shake hands vendale gave his hand a little bewildered by obenreizer's sudden transitions from one humour to another when may i expect to see miss obenreizer again he asked as he rose to go honour me with a visit to-morrow said obenreizer and we will settle it then do have a grog before you go no well well we will reserve the grog till you have your three thousand a year and are ready to be married aha when will that be i made an estimate some months since of the capacities of my business said vendale if that estimate is correct i shall double my present income and be married added obenreizer and be married repeated vendale within a year from this time good-night vendale makes mischief when vendale entered his office the next morning the dull commercial routine at cripple corner met him with a new face marguerite had an interest in it now the whole machinery which wilding's death had set in motion to realize the value of the business the balancing of ledgers the estimating of debts the taking of stocks and the rest of it was now transformed into machinery which indicated the chances for and against a speedy marriage after looking over results as presented by his accountant and checking additions and subtractions as rendered by the clerks vendale turned his attention to the stock-taking department next and sent a message to the sellers desiring to see the report the cellarman's appearance the moment he put his head in at the door of his master's private room suggested that something very extraordinary must have happened that morning there was an approach to alacrity in joey ladle's movements there was something which actually simulated cheerfulness in joey ladle's face 
"'What's the matter?' asked Vendale. "'Anything wrong?' "'I should wish to mention one thing,' answered Joey. "'Young Mr. Vendale, I have never set myself up for a prophet.' "'Whoever said you did?' "'No prophet, as far as I've heard tell of that profession,' proceeded Joey, "'ever lived principally underground.' no prophet whatever else he might take in at the pores ever took in wine from morning to night for a number of years together when i said to young master wilding respecting his changing the name of the firm that one of these days he might find he'd changed the luck of the firm did i put myself forward as a prophet no i didn't has what i said to him come true yes it has in the time of pebbleson nephew young mr vendale no such thing was ever known as a mistake made in a consignment delivered at these doors there's a mistake been made now please to remark that it happened before miss margaret came here for what reason it don't go against what i've said respecting miss margaret singing round the luck read that sir concluded joey pointing attention to a special passage in the report with a forefinger which appeared to be in process of taking in through the pores nothing more remarkable than dirt it's foreign to my nature to crow over the house i serve but i feel it a kind of a solemn duty to ask you to read that vendale read as follows note respecting the swiss champagne an irregularity has been discovered in the last consignment received from the firm of de fresner and company vendale stopped and referred to a memorandum book by his side that was in mr wilding's time he said the vintage was a particularly good one and he took the whole of it the swiss champagne has done very well hasn't it i don't say it's done badly answered the cellarman it may have got sick in our customers bends or it may have bust in our customers hands but i don't say it's done badly with us vendale resumed the reading of the note we find the number of the cases to be quite correct by the books but six of them which present a slight difference from the rest in the brand have been opened and have been found to contain a red wine instead of champagne the similarity in the brands we suppose caused a mistake to be made in sending the consignment from neuchatel the error has not been found to extend beyond six cases is that all exclaimed vendale tossing the note away from him joey ladle's eye followed the flying morsel of paper drearily i'm glad to see you take it easy sir he said whatever happens it will be always a comfort to you to remember that you took it easy at first sometimes one mistake leads to another a man drops a bit of orange peel on the pavement by mistake and another man treads on it by mistake and there's a job at the hospital and a party crippled for life i'm glad you take it easy sir in pebbles and nephew's time we shouldn't have taken it easy till we had seen the end of it without desiring to crow over the house young mr vendale i wish you well through it no offence sir said the cellarman opening the door to go out and looking in again ominously before he shut it i'm muddled and melancholy i grant you but i'm an old servant of pebbleson nephew and i wish you well through them six cases of red wine left by himself vendale laughed and took up his pen i may as well send a line to de Fresnier and company he thought before i forget it he wrote at once in these terms dear sirs 
we are taking stock and a trifling mistake has been discovered in the last consignment of champagne sent by your house to ours six of the cases contain red wine which we hereby return to you the matter can easily be set right either by your sending us six cases of the champagne if they can be produced or if not by your crediting us with the value of six cases on the amount last paid five hundred pounds by our firm to yours your faithful servants wilding and company this letter dispatched to the post the subject dropped at once out of vendale's mind he had other and far more interesting matters to think of later in the day he paid the visit to obenreizer which had been agreed on between them certain evenings in the week were set apart which he was privileged to spend with marguerite always however in the presence of a third person on this stipulation obenreizer politely but positively insisted the one concession he made was to give vendale his choice of who the third person should be confiding in past experience his choice fell unhesitatingly upon the excellent woman who mended obenreizer's stockings on hearing of the responsibility entrusted to her madame dor's intellectual nature burst suddenly into a new stage of development she waited till obenreizer's eye was off her and then she looked at vendale and dimly winked the time passed the happy evenings with marguerite came and went it was the tenth morning since vendale had written to the swiss firm when the answer appeared on his desk with the other letters of the day dear sirs we beg to offer our excuses for the little mistake which has happened at the same time we regret to add that the statement of our error with which you have favoured us has led to a very unexpected discovery the affair is a most serious one for you and for us the particulars are as follows having no more champagne of the vintage last sent to you we made arrangements to credit your firm with the value of the six cases as suggested by yourself on taking this step certain forms observed in our mode of doing business necessitated a reference to our banker's book as well as to our ledger the result is a moral certainty that no such remittance as you mention can have reached our house and a literal certainty that no such remittance has been paid to our account at the bank it is needless at this stage of the proceedings to trouble you with details the money has unquestionably been stolen in the course of its transit from you to us certain peculiarities which we observe relating to the manner in which the fraud has been perpetrated lead us to conclude that the thief may have calculated on being able to pay the missing sum to our bankers before an inevitable discovery followed the annual striking of our balance this would not have happened in the usual course for another three months during that period but for your letter we might have remained perfectly unconscious of the robbery that has been committed we mention this last circumstance as it may help you to show that we have to do in this case with no ordinary thief thus far we have not even a suspicion of who that thief is but we believe you will assist us in making some advance towards discovery by examining the receipt forged of course which has no doubt purported to come to you from our house be pleased to look and see whether it is a receipt entirely in manuscript or whether it is a numbered and printed form which merely requires the filling in of the amount 
the settlement of this apparently trivial question is we assure you a matter of vital importance anxiously awaiting your reply we remain with high esteem and consideration de fresnay and c vendale had the letter on his desk and waited a moment to steady his mind under the shock that had fallen on it at the time of all others when it was most important to him to increase the value of his business that business was threatened with a loss of five hundred pounds he thought of marguerite as he took the key from his pocket and opened the iron chamber in the wall in which the books and papers of the firm were kept he was still in the chamber searching for the forged receipt when he was startled by a voice speaking close behind him a thousand pardons said the voice i am afraid i disturb you he turned and found himself face to face with marguerite's guardian i have called pursued obenreizer to know if i can be of any use business of my own takes me away for some days to manchester and liverpool can i combine any business of yours with it i am entirely at your disposal in the character of commercial traveller for the firm of wilding and company excuse me for one moment said vendale i will speak to you directly he turned round again and continued his search among the papers you come at a time when friendly offers are more than usually precious to me he resumed i have had very bad news this morning from neuchatel bad news exclaimed obenreizer from de freysner and company yes a remittance we sent to them has been stolen i am threatened with a loss of five hundred pounds what's that turning sharply and looking into the room for the second time vendale discovered his envelope case overthrown on the floor and obenreizer on his knees picking up the contents all oh, my awkwardness said obenreizer this dreadful news of yours startled me i stepped back he became too deeply interested in collecting the scattered envelopes to finish the sentence don't trouble yourself said vendale the clerk will pick things up this dreadful news repeated obenreizer persisting in collecting the envelopes this dreadful news if you will read the letter said vendale you will find i have exaggerated nothing there it is open on my desk he resumed his search and in a moment more discovered the forged receipt it was on the numbered and printed form described by the swiss firm vendale made a memorandum of the number and the date having replaced the receipt and locked up the iron chamber he had leisure to notice obenreizer reading the letter in the recess of a window at the far end of the room come to the fire said vendale you look perished with the cold out there i will ring for some more coals obenreizer rose and came slowly back to the desk marguerite will be as sorry to hear of this as i am he said kindly what do you mean to do i am in the hands of de fresner and company answered vendale in my total ignorance of the circumstances i can only do what they recommend the receipt which i have just found turns out to be the numbered and printed form they seem to attach some special importance to its discovery you have had experience when you were in the swiss house of their way of doing business can you guess what object they have in view obenreizer offered a suggestion suppose i examine the receipt he said are you ill asked vendale startled by the change in his face which now showed itself plainly for the first time pray go to the fire you seem to be shivering i hope you are not going to be ill 
not i said obenreizer perhaps i have caught cold your english climate might have spared an admirer of your english institutions let me look at the receipt vendale opened the iron chamber obenreizer took a chair and drew it closer to the fire he held both hands over the flames let me look at the receipt he repeated eagerly as vendale reappeared with the paper in his hand at the same moment a porter entered the room with a fresh supply of coals vendale told him to make a good fire the man obeyed the order with a disastrous alacrity as he stepped forward and raised the scuttle his foot caught in a fold of the rug and he discharged his entire cargo of coal into the grate the result was an instant smothering of the flame and the production of a stream of yellow smoke without a visible morsel of fire to account for it imbecile whispered obenreizer to himself with a look at the man which the man remembered for many a long day afterwards will you come into the clerk's room asked vendale they have a stove there no 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 matter vendale handed him the receipt obenreizer's interest in examining it appeared to have been quenched as suddenly and as effectually as the fire itself he just glanced over the document and said no i don't understand it i am sorry to be of no use i will write to neuchatel by to-night's post said vendale putting away the receipt for the second time we must wait and see what comes of it by to-night's post repeated obenreizer let me see you will get the answer in eight or nine days time i shall be back before that if i can be of any service as commercial traveller perhaps you will let me know between this and then you will send me written instructions my best thanks i will be most anxious for your answer from neuchatel who knows it may be a mistake my dear friend after all courage 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 he had entered the room with no appearance of being pressed for time he now snatched up his hat and took his leave with the air of a man who had not another moment to lose left by himself vendale took a turn thoughtfully in the room his previous impression of obenreizer was shaken by what he had heard and seen at the interview which had just taken place he was disposed for the first time to doubt whether in this case he had not been a little hasty and hard in his judgment on another man obenreizer's surprise and regret on hearing the news from neuchatel bore the plainest marks of being honestly felt not politely assumed for the occasion with troubles of his own to encounter suffering to all appearances from the first insidious attack of a serious illness he had looked and spoken like a man who really deplored the disaster that had fallen on his friend hitherto vendale had tried vainly to alter his first opinion of marguerite's guardian for marguerite's sake all the generous instincts in his nature now combined together and shook the evidence which had seemed unanswerable up to this time who knows he thought i may have read that man's face wrongly after all the time passed the happy evenings with marguerite came and went it was again the tenth morning since vendale had written to the swiss firm and again the answer appeared on his desk with the other letters of the day dear sir my senior partner monsieur de fresne has been called away by urgent business to milan in his absence and with his full concurrence and authority i now write to you again on the subject of the missing five hundred pounds 
your discovery that the forged receipt is executed upon one of our numbered and printed forms has caused inexpressible surprise and distress to my partner and to myself at the time when your remittance was stolen but three keys were in existence opening the strong box in which our receipt forms are invariably kept my partner had one key i had the other the third was in the possession of a gentleman who at that period occupied a position of trust in our house we should as soon have thought of suspecting one of ourselves as of suspecting this person suspicion now points at him nevertheless i cannot prevail on myself to inform you who the person is so long as there is the shadow of a chance that he may come innocently out of the inquiry which must now be instituted forgive my silence the motive of it is good the form our investigation must now take is simple enough the handwriting on your receipt must be compared by competent persons whom we have at our disposal with certain specimens of handwriting in our possession i cannot send you the specimens for business reasons which when you hear them you are sure to approve i must beg you to send me the receipt to neuchatel and in making this request i must accompany it by a word of necessary warning if the person at whom suspicion now points really proves to be the person who has committed this forgery and theft i have reason to fear that circumstances may have already put him on his guard the only evidence against him is the evidence in your hands and he will move heaven and earth to obtain and destroy it i strongly urge you not to trust the receipt to the post send it to me without loss of time by a private hand and choose nobody for your messenger but a person long established in your own employment accustomed to travelling capable of speaking french a man of courage a man of honesty and above all things a man who can be trusted to let no stranger scrape acquaintance with him on the route tell no one absolutely no one but your messenger of the turn this matter has now taken the safe transit of the receipt may depend on your interpreting literally the advice which i give you at the end of this letter i have only to add that every possible saving of time is now of the last importance more than one of our receipt forms is missing and it is impossible to say what new frauds may not be committed if we fail to lay our hands on the thief your faithful servant roland signing for defresne at sea who was the suspected man in vendale's position it seemed useless to inquire end of story twenty part seven